Welcome to Calvary's small group curriculum for our eight-week fall teaching series, Calvary Next. This is the audio version of the video teaching for our small groups. Please go to calvarywestlake.org forward slash next to access the video, group discussion guide, and daily devotionals for each week. Now, here's session two. Session two, we're focusing on our next vision, what God calls us to do as disciples, with Pastor Sean and Michelle Toombs, our worship pastor. One of the wonderful things about the book of Acts is to see how the church is launched as the Holy Spirit comes upon the followers of Christ, and then they begin to move, not just in Jerusalem and share the the hope of the resurrected Savior, but then they begin to move into Samaria and uh, Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth, go to the the farthest parts of the then known world of the Roman Empire. And you see all of that unfold in the book of Acts. It's this wonderful story of this big movement of God as God's kingdom spreads through his church. But then in the narratives of this book, we get these little moments, personal moments of various characters who interact with the apostles, various characters who come to faith or have an impact on others. And you see these little moments are deeply important, as important as the big movement of God that's taking place. And that movement of God continues today. We're a part of that. We're a part of what God is doing in our generation. The church in Jerusalem, the first called out gathering of the followers of Jesus Christ anywhere on the planet, there were 3,000 people. On day one, they were what we call today a megachurch. They were a part of a big movement. But then notice, we see the little moments in the midst of this big movement that make a huge difference on their lives and the lives of those around them and who know them. They devoted themselves, verse 42 says, to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Verse 44, all the believers were together, all 3,000. They had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. They shared with one another. They were a community. They supported one another. They were there for each other. And you can see many little moments in the midst of that big statement. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. So the temple courts in that day were huge. And the temple steps that led up to the courts, you you could have thousands of people gathered. And these new followers of Christ, these 3,000, are gathering together in worship, it says, that they, they gathered together in temple courts, they broke bread in their home and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. The last phrase here, verse 47, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So they begin with 3,000. They meet in these great worship settings in the courts of the temple, worshiping uh, the Lord Jesus as the Messiah. But then they are regularly, in this case in the early church, daily gathering to take of uh, the Lord's Supper together around a meal they shared. There's fellowship. There's, there's time together. They're doing life together. They're caring for each other's needs. And notice that they're so caring that it's catching the attention of those around them in the world. And they're being drawn in so that this group of 3,000 is growing. The big movement is growing, even as there are these little moments that make such a difference. 
Now, I think in this passage, we, we can clearly see, you know, the, the teaching and doctrine. We can see the hanging out together. We can see the mighty power of God. In verse 43, as God does signs and wonders, we see the believers having to, everything in common and sharing with each other in their needs. They're spending time together. They're worshiping together. You can see all the dimensions of a healthy, vibrant body of believers. And so you've got this, this love God with everything you've got. You love each other to the point the world says, yep, they're the followers of Jesus because only the follower of Je followers of Jesus could be so diverse and different and come from such ver varied perspectives and still love each other. And then there is this love they show to the world around them as many more come to Jesus because of the love and care that's being seen and experienced by the people of God. So I just want to go over those three dimensions of our passion uh, for God and uh, uh, in behalf of God in our world today. First, we're to love God with everything we've got. That has to do with worship. We do that in our weekend services at Calvary. You can do that in your own walk with God, even as you maybe play some music on Spotify or Apple Music, wherever your music source is, while you're driving down the road or listening at home while you're doing some things around the house. There is this aspect of loving God uh, we got to love God more every day as we become more like Jesus. We're going to lean into worship and time with God, uh, even that time alone with the Lord where we open God's word and we pray each day. We provide the Take Five devotionals to help you with that so that you can love God more, that today you'll love God more than you did yesterday, and this year you'll love God more than you did last year as you grow in your love for him. That's that, that vertical love. Then there is an aspect that we see in here, not only that praising God is, is described here, but there is that loving each other within the body of Christ. We as brothers and sisters in Jesus come from different backgrounds, different education levels, socioeconomics, political perspectives. There are a variety of ways in which we're different from each other. But one thing we have in common is Jesus Christ. And it is Jesus that unites us. But then finally, we're to love our neighbor, to love our neighbor as much as we love ourselves, that we would care about our neighbor and their well-being as much as we care about ourselves. Jesus, in the story of the Good Samaritan, uh, asked someone asked him, you know, who is my neighbor? And Jesus told that story to point out that the person you think the least likely to be your neighbor is your neighbor. The person that you would think doesn't qualify to be your neighbor is your neighbor. For us today, that'd be a physical neighbor who lives on the same cul-de-sac or street. It can be a coworker, a family member. It can be someone at the gym. Any setting where we are, we're to love those people and to love them well. Now notice the progression here. If we love God, then the love of God flows into the family of God. If we love each other in the family of God, then the love of God flows and we can love the world around us. And then more people will come to Jesus so that it'll be said about us as the followers of Christ in this big movement we're a part of as Calvary, in the little moments of loving each other and, and loving our neighbors, it'll be said about us, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Well, thanks, Sean. You know, this passage is probably the most quoted one on what a church is or what a church needs to be, right? Mm -hmm. yep. And so we use this a lot in small groups as well. And of course, Calvary's committed to making disciples who love God more, who love God's family more, and who love um, our neighbors more. Mm -hmm. And so those three loves, sometimes we think of those as separate, um, and you started to talk about how they're a progression. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to explore that a little bit. Okay. Um, and perhaps well, let's start with you, Michelle. Like, How do you see those three loves connected together, interrelated? Well, I can just speak from personal experience, obviously, but 
when you love God more, um, for me, coming into a worship setting, I get a bit nervous and how am I going to relate to people? It's just nerve wracking. But when you receive the love of God, then you can extend that to others. And also you can give them a lot of grace because mm. you can see people's paradigms and just understand where they are. And then from that, you can love your neighbor individually when you know and understand from the Holy Spirit's discernment about right. people's and you can care for them. Two parts of it, the first one and the third one are taught in the Old Testament, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, love your neighbors yourself. And Jesus says, but there's a radical thing in the middle mm -hmm. that will be your identifier is how you love each other. Mm -hmm. And in the modern church has been an emphasis on, oh, the church is so messed up, the church is so broken. Right. I just really love the people in the world. Mm -hmm. Well, the point is, you could really, really love the people in the world if you really know how to love these broken right. people in the church. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, there's a flip of that too. Sometimes we hear people saying, especially now in our culture, that I just love God, it's just me and Jesus. Yes. So yeah. I don't need to gather yeah. with other believers. And obviously as our worship yeah. pastor, the gathering together is yes. really important. Yes. Can you speak a little bit about what happens and why that piece of being together um, as a, as God's family worshiping together. Um, it's really important corporately because on that level, something breaks when you sing together, when you can hear people singing in the room above and beyond the music, that's something bigger than ourselves. You're saying like the small moments and big impact. And so that's a beautiful thing. And um, then from there, um, you can go about your day and just that love overflows to other people. So of the three loves, which mm -hmm. we're now using as shorthand and we know what we're talking about, um, which of those three come more naturally to you and which one um, is a little tougher that you're growing in? Yeah. I feel what comes more naturally is my relationship with God and loving God more. I've been a Christian since a very young age and just, you know, coming from across the other side of the world <laughs> and relying on Him and all that. So I, I just have this great communion at like relationship with the Lord and then loving God's family is, I love doing that. Okay. But we have a lot of different personalities, <laughs> a lot of different opinions. And then you add music onto that and worship. We've got different generations. We've got different styles, but when you love those people um, with the purity of Christ, then there's great unity in that. And you see all these um, generations coming together and the Holy Spirit can really move through the music and the worship setting. How about you, Sean? I think for me, um, I would say in a, probably a, a pre-COVID world, mm. uh, loving God and then loving the church was the easiest and probably loving my neighbor was the toughest. But uh, there's been such division mm. and kind of there's been some animosity within uh, the realm of believers, loving believers and treating, you know, we're, we're starting to lob firebomb or we're not starting. We have been for a couple of years on politics, yeah. on masks and all. It's, it's not just a dialogue that's going on. It's been nasty, um, you know, writing people off, yeah. uh, giving up on people within the church. So I'd say in recent years, it's been harder for me mm -hmm. to love my brothers and sisters in Christ. And then I realize, I look and I go, well, maybe I've made it harder for them <laughs> to love me too. I don't know. And so I think the dynamics of our world in the last couple of years is switched that for me. Mm -hmm. It used to be harder to love my neighbor mm -hmm. than it was to love my brother and sister in Christ. But I think that's flipped recently. Mm -hmm. I don't know how long that'll last, but for me, that's been more challenging. Yeah. So if we want to grow in that area, um, let's just go with your, um, the area that you identified, which actually both of you identified the same. Yeah. And I, to be honest, I would probably say mm -hmm. the same. Um, so how, what are some practical things we can do to grow in loving um, God's family more? Well, I've feel that you should gather more with people. Just um, like it yeah, says. Yeah, just like it says, <laughs> with Christians. And, you know, it does say they had 
everything in common, mm. right? So, but in the world, sometimes we don't. But if we think of that and we read these scriptures and we say we have everything in common because we have Jesus at the center of it all, that makes it easy. Yeah. And then I think to operate and uh, communicate from a place of authenticity yourself, mm. not what should I say to this person because this is what I think mm. they want to hear, but um, just be yeah. real with people and say, I'm struggling with this too, mm. or how can I pray for you? Um, and just praying for each one by name and just mm. understanding where they're coming from and why this pain is being, you know, projected or whatever that, and just asking the Holy Spirit to really speak into to the situation and just to be calm and just humble and just relate to people from that authentic place. It seems the current environment has made our natural response to withdraw. Yes. In other words, For instead sure. of yeah. if I saw someone said something online that I see them in real time mm -hmm. at a store or something, I maybe want to withdraw because I know we disagree or there's a conflict or whatever mm -hmm. where we ought to be more proactive in leaning in mm -hmm. and finding those non-confrontational yes. points. I a couple of weeks ago was at a car wash and sat down and someone who had sent me an extremely critical mm -hmm. uh, communication sat down next to me waiting for their car. And oh. um, I looked over and they looked at me and they weren't going to speak to me. Mm -hmm. So I just said their name and then we had a nice conversation. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know what will come of that mm -hmm. exactly. But we we had a pleasant conversation mm -hmm. and it was a non there was no topic for us at the moment. Mm -hmm. We're just washing our cars yeah. and just waiting for them to come out. And and uh, I think you're right. We have to be proactive mm -hmm. and lean in mm -hmm. when our gut is going to be to withdraw. Mm -hmm. And um, and also when we lean in, not to lean in with the controversy or right. the criticism yeah. or the disagreement, yeah. but to lean in, to, this is a brother or sister in Jesus. Yes. And we're going to live for all e with all, in all eternity with each other. So let's lean in together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that requires such humility, right? Yes, um, especially I think I I'm harder on brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm -hmm. I'm glad to see you guys both <laughs> nodding on that. I'm harder on them than I am on non-Christians. Yeah. My expectation for them is very different. Yes. So I have a lot more grace there. Mm -hmm. Whereas if it's somebody, especially in our congregation, mm -hmm. our church, I, I think I expect better. And so then I have to go, okay, Lord, you know, help me with not be self-righteous, not mm -hmm. be, you know, not have pride about it, but mm -hmm. to see them as you see them mm -hmm. and to just kind of lay it down. But that's harder. It's no wonder then that Jesus said before he leaves his disciples, you know, the night before he's crucified in the upper room, he says, the way mm -hmm. they'll know you are my yes. disciples yes. is how you love one another. Because even for you on the worship, mm -hmm. I know I've watched at times, there are people you've really invested in, gotten close to, mm -hmm. and something comes mm -hmm. up mm -hmm. and they withdraw. Right. And uh, I think that makes it harder for us as as brothers and sisters in Christ when someone else is withdrawn or given yeah. criticism or withdrawn yeah. to then love them. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, and this happens in small groups. Uh, over the last couple of years, a lot of our groups I know have had people um, leave for different reasons. That's mm -hmm. been hard and mm -hmm. hurtful. And so I think to then repay that with kindness, mm -hmm. like at the car wash, mm -hmm. just decent kindness yeah. rather than um, mm -hmm. wanting to, to hurt them or I don't know, or to withdraw, yeah. that yeah. makes it tougher. Yeah, and plus when when you think about all of the people in our church and you know the, our friends in Christ, you don't know all of the stories, right. why where they're coming from, yeah. or why they're saying the things they are. Um, so, and then I was going to say too, like I'm not a confrontational person by any means, but I think growing in my relationship with God, He's given me, He's emboldened me to be able to mm. say these difficult things. Like 
15 years ago, I could never say the things. And it's not tough things. It's just like getting in there, getting in the moment. This is going to really hurt, but <laughs> it's worth it because like I care about this person. I love this person and I want to see the the unity in Christ. So yes, it's value. That. Yeah, no, that's great. And so the value of speaking truth mm -hmm. and love mm -hmm. is actually the love part. Mm -hmm. Like if we didn't care, it's exactly. easy to withdraw. It's easy to just yeah. let people be, mm -hmm. but it's because we are called to invest mm -hmm. in one another that we need to get in there. Mm -hmm. um, well, and also in this third phase, if it moves from our love for God to our love for each other within the family, mm -hmm. then to love our neighbor, what we're inviting the neighbor into. Right. You know, like we we're just saying, sometimes it's easier to love someone who we don't expect them to behave in any certain yeah. manner that we might expect from our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's easier to love them. But part of loving them is to invite them into a relationship mm -hmm. with God and to be in, in relationship with God through Christ as they come to Jesus. Then they're going to be in relationship with the same uh, brothers and sisters we're struggling with. And I think <laughs> Um, them seeing us being honest and authentic, mm -hmm. as you were saying, mm -hmm. with one another in love, that even invites them deeper into that relationship yeah. with God's family as they come to Jesus. It's another way those loves are connected yep. to one another. Well, Definitely. I, I see also people that are, you know, ahead of me in the faith walk, like I just think of my grandpa all the time. You're saying that you want to be like these people, that God draws mm. you to himself by seeing examples of his love in the community and in in the church. And, and I love that too, that they cheer his we cheer each other on because of that love and that attracts people and um, just makes it even that more special. So it's well, such a big yeah. part of what the small groups are all about. Mm -hmm. What you're doing together as you do life together is exactly what you're saying. Mm -hmm. We cheer each other on, mm -hmm. we encourage each other. And sometimes I might be a little ahead in this area of how I'm loving a certain type of person, but someone else in my mm -hmm. small group has had a, uh, a time with a different type of personality and they're an example and mm -hmm. they can speak into my life mm -hmm. of how to love that person well in Jesus. Mm -hmm. So I think you're exactly right. Thank you for listening. Please go to calvarywestlake.org forward slash next to access additional resources.